G'day everybody, it's uh, Brett here on the latest edition of Infection Control Matters and uh, Martin's with me. G'day Martin. Hey Brett, good to see you again. You too, you too. Thanks everyone for joining. Uh, we're going to have a really quick chat about a paper. We're going to be self-indulgent. We don't do this very often. <laughs> we don't talk about our own stuff very often, but we're going to be self-indulgent just for this one little episode. So we're going to have a little chat about a paper that we were involved with, um, and it was a systematic review looking at the risk of prior room acquisition on future occupants in a room. Risk and of acquiring a room or an organism? Oh, that would even be risk of acquiring an organism. It's late in the <laughs> evening. Um, uh, there we yeah, go. I mean, it's, hard, yes. it's, trying, it's hard enough to acquire a room in a hospital in the UK at the moment. Well, let me tell you, you know so what? I'm, we yeah, should do a paper on uh, how hard it is to acquire a room. <laughs> You're right. Okay. You've got no chance. You're waiting a few days at A&E to get a room these days. Anyway, Correct. It's, it's, we're looking at the risk of organism acquisition from prior room occupants. And um, a few years ago, we did a systematic review on this topic, and um, that was in about 2015, I think it was. So we thought it was timely to revisit this because things have changed. Well, we thought things might have changed a little bit. And so we've done an updated review on this, which has been published in Infection, Disease and Health, and um, a nice large team of people that helped us do this too. So, Man, the premise of this really is, what's the risk if you go to a room where the prior occupant had a certain organism, of you catching that same organism? That's the sort of uh, the point of this paper. And what I think is actually interesting is that, that nurses instinctively feel that there is because yes, in another piece of where we got involved in, when we asked nurses would they be happy to go into a single room after a patient had an infected had an infection as a patient, they said no. They said no. So even nurses instinctively feel that there is a risk. Yeah, that's right. We, but here we're producing evidence to show that there is. Yeah, that's a good point. And we'll include that link to that paper in in the um, details on the website. Um, in fact, there was another interesting thing about that other piece of work there, Martin, was that nurses felt that the rooms were being cleaned. But that they felt that it was still risky for for them to the get risk. into the room. So yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, yeah. <laughs> um, yes. So the sort of concept of this being that if a room has had some of that MRSA, VRE, some multi-resistant gram-negative, for example, uh, some virus, that um, that if it's if the discharge clean has been done well, it probably shouldn't be an existing ongoing risk to the next occupant. And so this really, this sort of review picks up, by and large, most most of the papers in the review are sort of retrospective cohort studies. And 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 so it's a more probably of an epidemiological risk point of view. And so we did this thinking there'd be some new papers out there and compared to the one that we did a number of years ago, and there were some new papers added and some new topics, including norovirus. But, Mung, we didn't really find much of a difference to the first paper. The The risk of acquisition still remains high if you're admitted to a room where the prior occupant had a certain pathogen, such as any of those ones I've, I've sort of mentioned earlier. Across all the studies, the pooled odds ratio was 2.45, and the confidence intervals were certainly did not cross one. So, in this latest review, this still this increased risk of acquiring the same pathogen as the person in the room prior to you. 
This time we've included the virus, though, haven't this we? This time we've because, included um, the virus. And previously, some, it was... Yeah, and there's some newer yeah. papers in there. So the papers, for example, Dev Anderson's work for the better study, um, yeah, those kind of those kind of data were included in this study now as well. The thing I, I kind of also found interesting, well, when we were talking about it as a team, one of the things we talked about was, wouldn't it be nice to understand like a risk profile? Which are the pathogens that are going to create you the biggest risk? So if you were faced with a scenario of going, okay, limited beds, limited side rooms, who am I going to use for the side room or or not? Which pathogens could we use a pathogen risk profile to help judge that? But I don't think we've, we've got enough papers in this review to be able to inform that. Maybe down the track we will. But you know, if you look at norovirus, which as you mentioned was in for the first time, odds ratio there of two point sorry three point three, so really quite high. But one paper, so you know it's hard to make too many assumptions yeah. from one paper. Yeah. It's tricky though, isn't it? Because organisms that present a different risk, uh, their, their profile is potentially different and also depends on the scenario as well, doesn't it? So Acinetobacter mm. that's highly resistant in a critical care unit is a big risk to the next patient and we know they form biofilm. Mm. Um, but maybe not on some other wards or units where you're still looking for a side room and where maybe C. diff may be more of an issue because the rest of the wards got chronic chest problems and they're all on antibiotics. And, That's right. Again, nicely highlighting the complexities of infection control, but That's yeah, right. on C. diff. Yeah, no, I was going to say, in the, in the forest plot that we've got in that paper, you, you sort of can see visually a little bit about what some of the pathogens are with the highest um, odds ratios for acquisition and, and acinobacter is up there again just one paper but you know 4.5 uh clostridium difficile had two papers uh pooled odds ratio of 2.7 so it's a little bit different when you come to some other pathogens and yeah vre was an interesting one because there was five papers that we concluded that that considered you know prior remocracy from vre um Three of the five showed a statistically significant increased risk and two showed no difference. And overall, pooled odds ratio showed no difference. And that's interesting because if you look at the, by and large, again, those studies, uh, Anderson, Dev Anderson's study was included in that and his was uh, statistically significant. But um, the rest of those were not RCTs. And if you look at some of the better cleaning studies that have been done uh, you know john boyce's uh study a few number of years ago now methodologically even that wasn't an ict strong uh, the reach study uh dev anderson's better studies they show a different picture with vre they show that if you improve cleaning you will reduce the risk of vre acquisition and or infection and yet from these epidemiological based papers it's not telling us that same story and it's a, it's a, it's an interesting thing because I think this is really important in infection control more broadly. This tells the story of relying on and understanding the limitations of quasi-experimental and observational cohort studies. And um, because even when you pull cohort studies together or non-randomized studies together, you can get a picture of something. In this case, you'd say VRE probably doesn't matter too much, right? But then when you do an RCT, which re- which reduces and gets rid of a lot of those bias that these studies have, because these have got inherent bias through a lot of these studies just because of the study design that was used, you get a different picture. 
And so we have to be careful more broadly, I think. This paper is an interesting story more broadly about, you know, guidelines and things that we, well, research that we base our guidelines and policies on could be correct. It may not be. And um, particularly if it's based on quasi-experimental and observational-based studies, we have to be prepared to be wrong and be prepared that these, these data may not actually be telling us the truth. Either way, whatever, whatever side of it is that you, for any different topic that you might be exploring. And a classic example of that, I think, is gloves and gowns as well. Like gloves and gowns, removal of gloves and gowns for the purposes of contact precautions for MRSA and BRE. You look at the systematic reviews and meta-analysis and you'd say they make no difference using gloves and gowns for contact precautions for VRE and MRSA. But there are no RCTs done in this topic, right? So if we were to remove them on the basis of those studies, and I'm not saying we should or shouldn't, by the way, that's a separate discussion for another day, but but if you were just to take that to the nth degree, you still need to put in these safety protocols in place because you may invertly be wrong. Well, it could be correct, too, yeah. by the way. <laughs> or, there's a yeah, lot of yeah, studies there. Well Occasionally, be yeah, it yeah. must happen by accident. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, the thing about the removal of contact precautions, as we've discussed before, is it really does depend on the setting. And many yeah. of those papers have come from hospitals which are mostly single yeah. or, at worst, dual room occupancy, as opposed to six to eight people in a bay, which is a completely different sort yeah. of setting, I think. Um, so, so I think it's a cautionary. I mean, but it I does think... show the beauty of the RCT here. Yeah, that's because right. Because the, the, right. the Anderson papers are much more significant, are much tighter. Um, confidence you know, intervals, uh, yeah. Upper and con lower control limits, confidence intervals, yeah. Um, so you know, it does show the importance of trying to do something prospective if we're going to really move forward in this area. And in a randomised fashion. But it still wouldn't make me want to go in a side room. No, no, that's <laughs> the right. previous patient had an infection. Well, that's right. And, and that's the thing also is is in this in these cases you only know what you know. Yeah. And presumably they've cleaned these rooms to a higher standard than routine cleaning because they know the person has an infection. Yeah. And despite that, there is still an increased risk to the next person. Yeah. And there's plenty of people going through healthcare systems all over the world without routine screening. You don't know what people are carrying. You know, mm. there's been sampling done in London of drains where they found uh, multi-drug resistant gram negatives and no clinical infections at all. So those patients are, have been going through the organization and without screening we wouldn't know about it mm. so even within the enhanced cleaning there's still a risk to the next person so that says our cleaning and validation isn't good enough and and shows also going on what i said earlier the nurses know that room's being cleaned and cleaned to a, allegedly a higher level yet they still wouldn't go want to go in there so even then they feel that there is it's not been done well enough yeah so it's we have That's to look better point. at our validating of, of cleaning, I think. Well, one of the other, I agree. And one of the other reasons we thought about doing this update was we thought, have things changed? You know, because some of these papers were a bit older and there's been a real focus uh, in more recent years on the environment. And we thought maybe some of the newer papers would show a different level of risk. Maybe we've got things better. Uh, maybe things have improved. Now, I'm not saying things haven't improved because you can't make that assumption just from included papers in this study. But the problem, surprisingly, I thought there'd be a lot more papers that would explore prior room occupancy since our last review, and there wasn't a lot more. And I was hoping we'd get a lot more so we could get a better understanding of some of the intricacies that some of the things we talked about where we could get into some of the bit more detail about, well, what did the discharge plan look like and various other things. Um, uh, or what did the newer papers tell us whether they're using different technologies or different approaches or whatever it might be. But we, we're able to do that because the papers just aren't there. 
The other the other thing I found interesting when you look at whole range of other papers on other infection control topics that talk about reductions in X or Y or no change in X and Y, a lot of the time these papers don't actually consider the confounder of did the person in the room before this person have MRSA, VRE, Cinebacter, <laughs> Neurobiose, right? Yeah. It's not considered. It's yeah. never put it as a variable uh, into a lot of the papers yeah. that are there. We, you know, we might put hand hygiene, we might do a cleaning intervention, or we might be doing something with the air, whatever it is, but we don't actually think as a confounder, what was the prior person in this room? And I think that's something we need to think about for any future studies and interpreting future studies is, did they consider yeah. the prior room occupant? Because it could, well, you know, this this paper suggesting it's an important factor. I mean, did they consider the prior prior room occupant <laughs> Yeah, as how well? far back do you go? <laughs> You know, how far back do you go? You know, well, is, is, is the asymptomatic person well, then it comes who back to transmitted you know, to the subsequent occupant? Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we should do something on that. Yeah, maybe we should, Martin. <laughs> uh, um, yes. So, yeah, yeah, I think this throws up a lot of questions, really, this paper. But I think the take-home message for me still is that there's still a reasonable risk for um, if you're admitted to a room where a prior occupant had one of these pathogens, if you're acquiring that pathogen. So um, probably got a fair way to go. I would say so. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks, Van. Good chatting. And uh, we did say we did promise to keep this short, yep. but as usual, we went much longer than I thought we were going to. But anyway, just for a change. Just for a change. Yeah. All right. Thanks to everyone for listening to the latest edition of uh, Infection Control Matters. 